everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are wrapping up our discussion of the Dark Crystal with the last half of Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, episodes 6 through 10. We love the show so much. And I just, I'm like even more bitter that it got canceled. Yeah. Uh it's just, it's just so, so good. Um, but if you want to support the show, um, we do have a coffee account. We also have a shop, which here's some fun news. Uh, Disney sniped even more of our stuff now. So um, if you want anything, check it out while you can. There is no guarantee that anything is going to stay up there because Disney just, Alex is too good at drawing, but it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, as far as Rex go, I've been watching Dickinson and Alex has been watching Schitt's Creek. And she has devoured Shit's Creek. <laughs> okay, but, like, the seasons are only, like, 13 episodes, and the episodes are, like, 25 minutes. Yeah, that's like, how Dickinson is. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm... I think I'm still on season five, but, like, I might be on season six because I just don't keep track of that, and then I'm just, like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I'm on the, other, the next season? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but you've been you've been really into it. Yeah, so like this is a show that I've been trying to get into for a while. I've watched the first episode three times, and this time I sat myself down and I'm like, no, you're gonna you're gonna continue watching because I, I I didn't care for the first episode. It is like rough, but it is completely worth it to get over the like, I guess like the hump of like them kind of like falling into like a good groove for the the show because it is amazing the characters are so fleshed out they're hilarious the acting is phenomenal and i'm saying this probably to an audience of a lot of people just nodding their heads saying like yeah we've been we've been watching this for years (laughs) like like there was a moment in season four, I want to say, where I just, like, blew up on Twitter about it. I'm like, I know I'm three years behind, <laughs> but, like, this is, like, the most romantic thing I've ever seen, and I'm, I, I I love this. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm like, I've never watched Shit's Creek, and so, like, watching you watch it, I'm like, okay, I understand the hype. Like, maybe, maybe I do need to... <laughs> Finally, also get on this train yeah, three years late. Like, I I always do this where I, I watch a, I sit down and I watch a sitcom and like somehow it surprises me that like the romance and the tropes are so good. But like at this point, like like what am I saying? Like I've watched so many. Like there's like New Girl, Superstore. Like I've gone on a rant about how good Superstore is and how the tropes in Superstore are like addictive. Like that show, like. <laughs> The ship in, like, the main ship in Superstore is, like, crack. Like, it's so good. <laughs> and it had a better ending than Star Wars, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, I have been watching Dickinson on Alex's recommendation, even though she's only watched a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I only, I've only seen, like, ten minutes of the first episode, and, like, you at Apple TV, you have it for, like, a month, I guess. I, well, since I got a new phone, now I have the the free subscription. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. So now we just have Apple TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like so. Dickinson is about Emily Dickinson, the poet, and it's um, Haley Steinfeld um, who's going to be the new Hawkeye. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, definitely want to watch this. It is so funny. This is the type of historical fiction that I love because it's all like. You're in the period and you're in the costumes and everything, but they talk like it's modern day and they have modern music. Yeah, it's like (laughs) the great. It's like um, Marie Antoinette. Mm -hmm. Like it's just it's it just really nails that like this is a teenage girl who writes poetry and like has this best friend and like they just talk like they're Gen Z. It is so funny. We're on, like, season... We just started season two. Did, didn't season two just come out recently? Like, it's newer? I think so. Yeah, I think it, I think it's newer. Um, and it's, like... we You kind of know how things end. Like, you kind of know about Emily Dickinson, but I'm still, like... I'm here for the ships. Like, I'm here for... Like, the whole cast is amazing. Like, it's just... 
I, I really, really like it, so I really recommend it. Okay, but as far as news goes, so we just got the Afra audiobook script version. That just came out, which is really fun. Um, I read a little bit of it. Um, we really loved Kevin Scott's. Um, it's fun to have the print version of that book. Um, but they also announced their newest audio drama is going to be once again from Kevin Scott, and it is called The Tempest Runner coming this fall, and it is set in the High Republic era, I believe. Yeah. It, like, I mean, I'm excited that it's Kevin. I'm excited that it's an original story because as good as Afra was, like, it was them telling Afra's story from, like, a different medium, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, like, we had seen it because it, it, none of it was, like, exactly new. Yeah. I, I feel like the voice was, though. Like, that's what Sarah Kuhn really did. She gave, mm-hmm. like, this new narrative style to Afra. And honestly, like, reading it in print, like, it worked so well as an audio drama, but it makes me just want so much more Afra because she's just so funny. Yeah, she's such a good character. Yeah, but I mean, like, as far as Kevin goes, like, I mean, he's a really great storyteller. Um, Jedi Lost was really good. So I think that'll be a really good um, audio drama to add to the higher public era. Um, And then to kind of round out for the books, um, we do have the newest Thrawn novel that will be coming out later this month. Um, We don't currently have scheduled in um, if we're going to do a specific episode on it, but we probably will. (laughs) Because Alex, you... You finally read the first new one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about Hot Thrawn. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. So also some interesting news. Um, so we're big L3 fans. We love Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's amazing. Yeah. Lord and savior. I think like Phoebe Waller-Bridge is like my favorite person in Hollywood. Like, oh yeah. By far. <laughs> I will watch Anything she's in, anything she writes, anything she, she directs. She was in a Harry Styles music video. Like, like how, <laughs> how much cooler can she get? <laughs> she, like, roommate. Like, I just want the dude bros to stay mad because she's wonderful. And now she's making them even madder because she's going to be... Is she the new Indiana Jones? Yeah. So, um, the headline is that she is the female lead. Now, that's, like, a weird... I, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like a weird headline. Like, you can just yeah. say, like, a lead, I guess. Acting with Harrison Ford, obviously. This news, when it dropped, I could not believe it. I was like, I'm like, is this, is, is, am I being punked? Like, this is what <laughs> dreams are made of. Like, I am a huge indie fan. Like, I know, like, there's so many issues with those movies. But you have a lot of nostalgia for it. I have a lot of nostalgia for it. I grew up watching those movies. Um, that doesn't mean, like, I can't criticize them also, but I have a lot of love for them. And it's just, like, yes. Like, I am, like, so <laughs> invested in Indie 5. I was already really excited for it. And we also got the news that... Um, John uh, John Williams is coming back to compose. Mm. We got that also. Maybe we need to do like an indie series because I've I've only seen the movies once. Yeah, I've never seen indie four. Oh, um, because <laughs> like I do like the campiness of them. Have they aged yeah. well? Not necessarily, but I definitely think somebody like Phoebe Waller Bridge is like exactly what we need for like a modern Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. Like, she just is so perfect for that. Her comedic timing, her comedic timing will fit perfectly. That's mm-hmm. what I thought of first. Like, that, like, she's, like, the perfect, like, just, like, person to bounce off of Harrison Ford. Like, mm-hmm. she just seems, like, quippy and, like, it'll be, it'll be so funny. He wasn't, like, in Solo, but that's I almost know. like a little Solo reunion. No, I know. <laughs> that's kind of cute. Aww. I just... I can't wait to see, like, like, is she going to be in, like, Explore Get Up? Like, am I going to, like, want to cosplay as whoever her character is? Like, probably. I mean, I think yes. I think yes. That's a given. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she'll, I mean, she, I will watch anything for her because she even um, did some of the script for James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. But then yeah. she, like, kind of uh, came in to fix it. Like, she 
did she do yeah, she kind of like doctored i think mm-hmm. yeah i will see that i like i have not watched yeah. a bond in my life but, I, <laughs> but will I will watch, watch that it. one. <laughs> I will watch that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just, uh, it's amazing. Like, honestly, the day they let her write slash direct a Star Wars is the day my dreams come true. Yeah. Um, oh will that ever gosh. happen? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Friendship ended with Star Wars where Indy stands now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, I also don't mind her, like, coming back and writing season three of Fleabag. I will eat that i will consume that (laughs) oh my gosh so the last bit of news is that we did get a trailer for the bad batch um it's going to have a 70 minute first episode um on may the 4th we're excited uh it looks cool we got an interesting look at a new character that we think is like non-binary maybe do you like um I just haven't seen any official pronouns. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of people saying she, but I actually have not seen any confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, either way that goes, like, because people are, are theorizing that they're a clone, like a clone child. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, anything that's, like, not strictly male for clones is going to be an interesting look. Yeah. Um, honestly, I would love to see something with the clones, like exploring like a transgender clone or anything like that. I don't know if Star Wars would do that just because of other things that Star Wars has done. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I'm interested in. Like, I, I want to see the clones dealing with like their humanity more mm-hmm. so than them like fighting this war. I wouldn't write it out that they wouldn't do that in an animated series, I think the animated series, like That's true. the books, fly a little bit under the radar of like the corporation. So I think that Star Wars has more freedom to do what they want. Like the creatives, what I'm saying is the creatives have more freedom to do what they want. I, I agree with that. I, I would agree with that. Um, and we are going to be talking about The Bad Batch. Um, we will talk about it as it comes out. Our next episode is also going to be revisiting the Bad Batch episodes that we already got. Um, mostly because I remember when those came out, like, all I really cared about were the Ahsoka episodes of the Clone Wars. Yeah. I was like, Bad Batch is fun, totally. but, like, I just want to get to Ahsoka. So it'll be interesting to go back and, like, really look at what they what they were doing with those episodes. So I think we are ready to move into the Dark Crystal. What was it like revisiting the back half of this season? It's nonstop. Like the plot, (laughs) like the pace, like doesn't stop. It doesn't slow down. There's so much happening. There's so much happening. So like, I think instead of like going through each episode necessarily like sequentially, like overall in the back end of this episode, like when we left off... Basically, we got all of our main characters charged with, like, you know, the song of Thra. Like, Thra is calling out to you. They It needs your help to heal. Um, we were going to have our main trio meet up. We were igniting the fires of resistance. The Almadra died. Like, so much was going on. And in the back end of this season, we do see, you know, Deet, Rianne, and Brea come together. They learn the secret of the Skeksis in that they are connected um, with the mystics, they learn, you know, where they came from, what was going on. We see Celadon trying to become the new Almadra, and everything that happens with that, her, like, the Skeksis' betrayal of her, like, uh, the final battle, like, when everybody comes together, it just is so well done. All the emotional beats hit so perfectly to me. And the way that it ends is just, like, it's like chef's kiss. Like, ah, uh, it's just perfection to me. It really is. And I said to you when I finished it last night, this is what the sequel trilogy should have been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who do you want to start with? Like, is, is there a character that you want to you wanna start with? So Hup gets, like, really sick in episode seven. And, like, I, I don't know what it is about the back half of this this show that is just, like, disgusting. Like, there's a lot of, like, throwing up happening and, like... Well, like, one of the Skeksis, like, their pustules, like, explode. Yeah! Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, but like Hub does, he gets like motion sick. So they go to the desert and they meet the super sexy um, Gelfling desert clan who worships (laughs) death. Yeah, oh, <laughs> um, so we, just, we should get into that. Let's get into, like, this clan. Yeah, so um, I can't remember what they're called. Of course I can't. Um, let me see. Oh, um, okay, so they they meet, they go to the desert. They're looking for the Circle of Sun. Uh, that's where they're charged to go. They're trying to, like, learn how to defeat the Skeksis, whatever. And they are met by a member of the Dusan clan. Um, mm-hmm. He's named Rekir. Um, and he, like, has this magical flying beast that he uses to take them to the Circle of the Sun. And he, like, this clan is, like, shunned because they, like, in quotations, worship death. And he <laughs> he gifts Brea a necklace of bones. A bone, a bone necklace. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't take much for me to ship something. <laughs> like, I just... There's something about, like, just, like, bones and, like, fantasy. Like, there's, like, the bone carver. Like, there's, mm-hmm. like, all this, like, interesting, I guess, lore with it that, like, just makes me so intrigued. And, like, I wish we spent more time with, like, why they worship death so much and, like, what their, like, cities are like. Yeah. Well, and, like, it makes me wonder if they, if we would have gotten to see a little bit more of that if we had another season. Um, because... On Thra, death is seen as, like, you're being returned to Thra. Like, your part in the song is over, and you are, you know, buried in the ground, and you go back to Thra. So it, it's not necessarily, like, I mean, de- is death ever a good thing? But, like, it, it is kind of, it does have this kind of, like, beautiful quality to it. And we do get to see two funerals that happen simultaneously with the Almadra, and... I don't know, like, there is something, like, very spiritual about it, and I, I do think that maybe our group gained a little bit of understanding for why maybe the Doosans, like, respect death, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did mention Hup. Hup, we get the Hup won't die. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's our when, favorite. He's, when he's, um, what they call air sick, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's just throwing up because he's not settled to, like, the desert, like land yet and like <laughs> that the bone the bone guy says he'll be okay and he'll settle yeah I'm like okay bone guy yeah okay bone guy but bone daddy i believe you bone um. daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that, of that's an official that's an officially licensed disney term I'll have you know. Oh, like Zemo? Like Zemo, the, the sugar no, daddy? No, isn't, isn't Jack Skellington bone daddy? Yeah, oh yeah, and they use it on, like, licensing all the time. Like, they'll, like, I've seen, like, shirts and hats, like, at Disney World that say bone yeah. daddy on them. Yeah, it's so, strange. Uh, yeah, Rekir is bone daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't get much more of Hup than that in the back end of the season, because he gets um, injured later, and he stays... Um, with the mystic and the skexy mm-hmm. that we're gonna meet, um, but we do have that really great <laughs> up one die line. I love it's that line so meme. much. It's a good meme. It's a very good. It's meme. such a good meme. But kind of going back to like the funerals. So the Almadra died. She was killed by the skexies. Celadon was like, "No, it's Brea's fault." Blah blah blah. And I really love that they show this funeral side by side because Celadon's like, she was a traitor. Um, she doesn't deserve to be returned to Thrall. We're going to burn her, which is what they don't normally do. Rhea is, like, really going through it, so they decide to have their own kind of vigil, and they talk about, you know, like, good memories about her, and they um, sing, and it is just... It, it was really moving to see, and, like, Celadon says, like, when she's, like, watching her mother burn, I'm sorry I wasn't enough. Like... yeah. It's a lot. Celadon. (laughs) I just, I love Celadon's character so much. Because she's the one who's, like, trying so hard to be the perfect daughter, to be the perfect princess. She's going to be the Almadra. She was doing everything right. And then to see everything start falling apart around her, like, of course, like, you know, she reacts the way she does, I feel like. Like does she does she do great things? Not necessarily. 
Um, but she she just wants to be the Almadra. Like, it is her right. And she lost her mother and she's dealing with that. And then she's challenged for it. And it's just... Do you think she actually wants to be Almadra or she feels like it's her duty and she was raised to do that? Ooh. Because I happen to think that there are some parallels with her and uh, and her sister Mm -hmm. and Elsa and Anna. Ooh. You know what? You're right. That's that's so true. So it makes me wonder that if um, the series were to continue ever, if Brea would actually become um, the queen. I don't know if Brea would necessarily become the Almadra because I think that could probably come from another clan but I it makes me wonder well actually I would argue that Brea to me it makes the most sense and to me I feel like that's where her path is leading her is to like being the Almadra because she her story is all about the balance of the clans yeah she's learning she's learning no hierarchy yeah Yeah. Like, she's the one who's, like, you know, she reaches out to the Dusons. She, um, you know, acknowledges Deet and, like, all of that. Like, she's kind of bringing all the clans together. Yeah. So I feel like, like, that's what the Almadra is supposed to be. So it makes mm-hmm. sense for it to be her. I had never thought about, like, you know, Celadon, like, recognizing that in Brea or, like, finally realizing that, like, maybe she wants something else. Because I, I do think that she's been raised to be the Almadra. Like, I don't yeah. I don't think she's ever thought that she could do something else. Yeah. So that would be interesting if she was, like, presented with, like, you know, you don't have to do this. Yeah. Like, what she get, would do. Like, you get Frozen 2 at the end where the sisters realize where each of them actually belong and what they want rather mm-hmm. than, like, what they've been, like, destined to do. Yeah. That would, that would be really, really cool. I would love to see that. Of course, we do know that, like, that's the kind of the thing with um, us not getting a season two as well is that we know in the movie, like, all the Gelfling are gone. Yeah. Although, you brought this up and then watching it, it made me think of it as well. Maybe the Gelfling aren't gone. They just went away. Like, they're not dead. They're, they're away. Yeah. Like, there is there are so many questions. Because that, that would have been, like, the inevitable end for the series would be the Gelfling being defeated <laughs> um, and the Skeksis winning because they're all gone in the movie, I feel like, you know, in a perfect world, like, if this was the beginning and we didn't know where that was heading, I would have loved to see Brea be able to be this queen and maybe Celadon, you know, just, like, being there or ruling beside her sister. Because their their sister, their, like, sisterhood is, like, so strong in this, like, these last few episodes. I really, really love it. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like, kind of keeping it on Celadon. So, like, I I feel like she goes through so much in these last couple of episodes. Like, it was, like, a slow Mm -hmm. build in the first couple to, like, her kind of, like, boiling over. And then in this, you see her, like, she becomes that dark queen. She is betrayed by the Skeksis. She reunites with her sisters. She ends up fighting for the Gelfling. Like, so much goes through with her. Yeah, go Celadon. Be that powerful. I love her. The scene where she puts on the black lipstick. The lipstick. <laughs> and then the <laughs> the veil, like the black veil. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she was literally like, they like challenged her to be the Almadra. And then she comes back and she was like, I no, refuse your challenge. Yeah, I made a new crown. Here's your, your stinky old one. Um, I'm just the Almadra. <laughs> you deal with it. She is so extra. That episode where she just, her transformation, it's so good. It's amazing. Like, you can literally hear I did something bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It just, it's so powerful. And then to me, like, a couple episodes later, like, she goes to appeal to the Skeksis to try to, like, she thinks that they're, like, working together or whatever. And she's like, hey, you know, I want to argue to, like, free the Gelfling. I'm still working with you all, still, you know, give you your volunteers, but I want to, like, set these prisoners go. And they literally laugh in her face and, like, attack her and, like, you know, like, rip her to shreds and they, like, throw her in jail. And... 
like, that's just, that's so heavy. Like, she really thought she was in the right, and they just straight up laugh at her. That puts her at her lowest, because then that's when she reunites with her sisters again, and it's through the three of them coming together that they're able to kind of find a sort of peace within Celadon and within their relationship. Yeah, I mean, we're, like, we're already deep into spoilers, but it was really um, cathartic to see them resolve their differences before Tavra died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really sad that, like, Tavra was the one to die, but it... <sighs> It was an interesting parallel because in episode six, we see Celadon and Brea mourning their mother separately. And then when Tavra dies, you get to see them mourn her together. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, right. I like that. Um, and I, I did note um, make a note here that um, Celadon says that um, it should have been her that I made a terrible mistake. It was my price to pay. And Tavra tells her that even death cannot break the bonds of sisterhood. <sighs> it's so good. <laughs> oh, See, like, I've I complained, that. I think I complained a few episodes ago when we were recording that, like, Star Wars doesn't do sisters. Mm-hmm. Like, um, except for Clone Wars, I guess. Like, season mm-hmm. seven of Clone Wars. They yeah. don't really do sisters very often or very much when they do they do it um i would like to see a sister trio like this one in star wars thank you very much Mm-hmm. yes it's just because we have you know the the heir to the throne she was raised to do nothing else she was always in her mother's shadow we have um like the captain of the guard and then we have, you know, like the young princess who's kind of just like naive and kind of often doing her own thing. Well, and it, she's very Anna. Like she's she's exactly she, Anna. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just the way they come together. It's it's so beautiful, and I've never seen something else do like pay a relationship like that so much respect as in this show. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, so like. There is there is shipping in the show as much as you can ship puppets, you know, which I can ship anything. We do. It's fine. We, we do. do. We do ship. We do. <laughs> um, so like like Rianne and Deet are like the main ship, and I would say maybe with different creators or different writers, like it would have been Rianne and Brea because she's the princess. Like since she's the princess, her story would have been yeah. her as a, like a romantic lead. But it's not. Like, her story is all about uniting the clans and, like, recognizing the, the balance yeah. and her relationship with her sister. Like, even, like, the, the, the emotional climax in, like, episode nine, like, Rianne and Deet are somewhere else. Like, it's just Brea and her sisters. Yeah. I mean, like, you also said that you think that they're setting her up with Killen, was it? Yeah, so like I, I didn't know. I never this. really thought about it, and then um, when I was watching, I, I, I would, I would ne- whenever I was taking notes, like I would never write him down because I just thought he was like in the background. But she refers to him by name twice, and yeah. at the end, like we're kind of skipping around a whole lot. But Deet sees a vision of like a woman carrying like a baby, and I'm wondering if that's supposed to be like you know, like, the pushing into the Dark Crystal movie. And I'm like, what if that's Brea and, like, one of the babies, like, actually was, like, Brea's child? And then so it's like, okay, well, then who was the the father? And the the other baby (laughs) is Deet and Rian's child. (laughs) I mean, obviously. (laughs) Although everyone has to be related. I couldn't tell if she was carrying two babies, which would make Kira and Jin. No, no, we're not doing that. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're not doing the the, the land luke thing no i mean it wouldn't surprise me if that's what they were doing <laughs> I, I i tend to think that the killing theory is pretty true just because the the author of the books wrote a book all about him and he mm-hmm. also is one of the the series writers too so I like he knows a lot about those background characters that as a viewer you probably don't know that much 
about. Yeah. But you can go get that info because Killen has a whole book about himself, about him. <laughs> and he is like, he's very interesting. He's a, he's um a song teller. He, he like tells like folklores basically through song. And like, it's interesting to get that whole backstory. I mean, that feels like it's right up Brea's alley because she was also very into Bone Daddy and he's very spiritual. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to refer to him as Bone Daddy now because I can't <laughs> remember how to say his name right. <laughs> I mean, like, what would you do if someone gifted you with a necklace of bones? I guess I would have to get married. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I'd be like, wow, thanks. <laughs> I love this. Um,. Okay, so we we talked a little bit about um, Rian and Deep. They are their romantic pairing. And it's funny to me because you messaged me and you're like, does Rian just forget all about... Um, Mira. Mira. <laughs> I would say it, the answer is yes. <laughs> he, like, clearly asks Deep out in that episode. Oh, like, yeah. what episode? Is it episode nine? Um, no, or wait, episode I wrote it. Oh, yeah, episode eight. I just said this oh, is eight. the Rian and Deep ship episode. <laughs> Yeah, there's, like, a moment where he was, like, I'd really like to see, like, your, like, village when this is all over or something. Mm -hmm. Like, he wants Mm -hmm. to, like, go back and meet the parents officially and, like, I'm, like, wow. And and Deet's parents, she's got two dads and it's adorable. It's adorable and it's also, I love how, like, I forget what moment someone asks her about her family and then she's like telling them about her two dads and it's just it's so natural and like mm-hmm. just it's not so like questioned at all. It's like it's really, really good. I and, and her bro- her brother Bobbin. Um <laughs> the creepiest thing I've when, ever when seen. the spitter, like the spitter is on his face. <laughs> he sounds like I don't okay, I don't know, Shannon, do you know Pudgy on TikTok? I don't know. Pudgy woke. He's this dog that screams oh, no. into like an iPhone mic. Okay, I'll send it to you later. But when <laughs> when Bobbin would speak with the spitter on his face and it was like that weird raspy voice, he sounded like this dog. I hate it. I hate it. But, so like, <laughs> so basically, you know, like they go to the Circle of the Sun. Um, they find an exiled Skeksy and a mystic. We'll talk a little bit about what happens there. Um, but they find out that, like, the next place they have to go is Grot, which is where mm-hmm. Dee is from, um, to find this magical sword that will help them defeat the Skeksis called the Dual Glaive. Um, Brea's captured. She goes off. Um, that's how she meets back up with Tavra and Celadon. Um, but Deet and Rian go to Grot. And so, like, only female Gelflings have wings, right? And yeah. The whole time they are together, it's all flirting, it's all bantering, and she's just like, he's like, oh, how am I supposed to go? I don't have wings. And she's like, oh, well, I'll carry you, of course. (laughs) Well, it's very, like, that scene of, like, Buzz, like, carrying Woody, like, in the sky. It's like that. And, like, you know what's really funny about that is I I saw a meme today that was like, when is this going to happen on Falcon and the Winter Soldier? And then I was also thinking about Dark Crystal. <laughs> um, no, yeah, like, it's just, it's funny because we have that shippiness, but, like, that episode is actually, like, terrifying because they go to Grot and it's, like, overrun with, like, spitters and, like, zombies and the darkening and, like, it's a lot. It's chaos. It's pure yes. chaos. Yeah, because, like, so basically, like, the Skeksis don't have an army. There's only, like, like eight of them, like it, there's not there's not a lot of Skeksis. Yeah. So they go to the Arathum, which are the spiders, the spitters, and are like, "Yo, give us an army, and we'll give you Grot." But they knew that Grot was overrun with the Darkening, so it was a trick. But the way they take over the Gelflings is gross and creepy, and a little spider crawls up on their face, yeah. and then they're well, I know you. You hate spiders, too. I hate so. it. I hate it. <laughs> the, it wasn't as bad watching it again this time because they don't It's like look... horror, though. Like, it's yeah. shot like a horror movie. It, like, oh, it music. is. Yeah. Yeah. It helps, it helps me because they're not super spindly. 
Like that's okay. what it grosses me out. You don't out. like spindly spiders. Yeah, I don't like the like the long spindly legs. Like these daddy, spitters are pretty daddy, <laughs> bone daddy long legs. <laughs> well, d- daddy long legs can't bite you. So okay, so you're okay even though they're spindly. Yeah, they're not as. I mean, they're still gross, but they're not like as gross. <laughs> okay, so you'll you'll take a necklace from Bone Daddy Long Legs. Yeah, Bone Daddy okay. can give me a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> to give you like the best example of like what really grosses me out are garden spiders, like the big okay. colorful ones. Uh, I hate them. I don't know if we have those here. Oh, I think you do. I'm pretty sure you sent me a picture of one, and I was like, Alex, oh. no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. You were like, but it's protecting my <laughs> tomato. And I'm like, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So it's like overrun with spitters. It's disgusting. Um, but that's also the episode where another vision from the sanctuary tree, because it, it's dying, the darkening's overtaking it. And it teaches her how to stop the darkening, like how to cure the darkening. The vision that she sees, I feel like is really, like, it was really setting up, like, in-game stuff. I'm, I kind of think that maybe the Dark Crystal was only going to be two seasons. Like, you think that we would have reached a conclusion at the end of the second season? Like, to, like, where wouldn't, it would make sense to go into the movie. Like, you would get the answer yeah. of where the Gelfing went, like, if they all died or, or they, like, were hidden somewhere. Yeah. Well, like, the reason I think this and the reason why I think, like, Brea was the one carrying the baby is because she sees three visions... Um, one is Rianne, um, trying to reunite the lost shard with the crystal, um, which from the movie we know doesn't happen. Um, something, you know, happens and it doesn't actually get reunited. Um, and then we see a woman carrying a baby, which I assume is Brea because the other person we see is Deet, um, completely overtaken by the darkening. Gentle deeds. Our girl when she says gentle deeds. Oh, it's so sad. Because, like, I think the sanctuary tree tells her that, like, it can't be created or destroyed, only transferred. So, like, Deet basically absorbs the darkening. on herself. Yeah. It's like, see, like, that's, like, one of the things where I'm, like, sequel trilogy. Like... I, like, imagine that happened with Bray and Kylo because they're, like, basically one and they're balanced together. Mm-hmm. Like, for, like, Ben to be redeemed, but then for, like, Ray to absorb the darkness within him, like, boy. It would have been so interesting. Because, <laughs> like, you know, you look at it and, like, Deet was this, like, precious, gentle character and she's the one who's going to carry the darkening. And, like, a lot of people would, you know, try to, like, throw that on Rey, too. Like, you know, that she's too good or, like, whatever. And it's like, no, like, that's the point because it's a balance. And I, I do really love um, at the end the Emperor tries to, like, he had, like, absorbed the darkening, like, into his staff. And he tried to, like, blast it back out at the, um, the Gelflings. And she absorbs all of it. And... Mm-hmm. It kind of takes her over. And, like, it had been ever since she, like, started to use that power. And I think it was starting to get too much. Um, And so everybody's celebrating. And she wanders away into the forest. And, like, Rianne follows her. And she just... She looks so... uh, I don't know if it's, like, sad or if it's just, like... Like, she just knows that, like, something... Like, she just couldn't be there. Well, I think she knows she'll hurt someone, potentially. Like, she's more harm than good so she just like banishes herself like it's like luke it's like when luke just like leaves and like isolates himself i get such like persephone vibes too because yeah in the beginning like she was so wide-eyed and loving nature and everything and in the end like she has the darkening and she walks away like everything dies around her like i would have loved to see where they were gonna take that I, like, I can't believe where they canceled it. It was an expensive show to make, but Netflix never should have made the intention of making this show without completing the story. And, like, if you said if it really was only two seasons, like, what was another season to spend a lot of money on? Like, this was, it, it wasn't about, like, the viewership or the, the like, the money. It was about the art because this show 
I think it's Netflix's best show. It like and for for Netflix to continue pumping money into like something like Riverdale, it is like sad. And I'm not like I'm not saying like don't watch Riverdale because there's entertainment there. But like Netflix, like the Dark Crystal deserves it. Like well, I mean, it's like you said, like, it, it's about the art and, like, it's about the story. Like, it's not about, like, making yeah. money off of it. And, like, honestly, if they tried to, like, you know, like, kickstart or, like, something to try to raise money to make this season, like, I would be all I over would, that. Yeah, I would be, like, here, take my money. Yeah, take my money. I want to see you complete this. Because, like, like we've talked about this. They could definitely finish the story in books. Like, the story is written. Like, they knew where it was going. But I yeah. do think that there's something to be said, and and I've even said, like, why don't you just make it animated or, like, whatever. But there is something to be said for how beautiful the story is translated with the puppeteering. Yeah. And you definitely would lose a little bit of it if you weren't showing mm-hmm. it in that medium. I just, I, I don't understand how they can commit to making the one season and then not finish it. No. I, yeah, I can't just... believe, like, cause, because, like, as, as wonderful as the ending of season one is, it is very bittersweet, but there is so much of a gap. Like, you, yeah. you're, it's like, it's like when you watch, um, when you watch, like, Revenge of the Sith, like, it's, it's like the ending of Revenge of the Sith, there's a lot of hope, and there is a conclusion, but there is, isn't finality, Right, yeah, because you know other things are happening. Mm-hmm. And and I would say, like, if you took the movie away and you took out, like, that last scene with the Skeksis from the show, like, you just have it end with the celebration and Deet going off into the forest, you could have a very self-contained show that ends very bittersweetly, it ends very open-ended, but you could say that it is an ending, but because of that Skeksis scene and because, like, you know, of the movie and all of that, like, we know that there's, like, more story to tell. So that's yeah. what makes it so frustrating that, like, it's not going to get told because it was supposed mm-hmm. to get told. It's, like, it's so, it's, it's so bizarre to have, like, that gap and mm-hmm. be knowing that, like, that gap's not getting filled anytime soon. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, it, it makes me wonder, like, they're like, yeah, we're going to finish it in books. But, like, is the Jim Henson company going to hold out and say, like, oh, maybe we shouldn't finish it in books because maybe we do have an opportunity years down the line? Like, I said to you, I'm like, watch, in 10 years from now, they're going to decide they're going to, like, make it. Yeah. Well, because to me, I feel like if they can get the money... To me, like, any streaming platform should be, like, ready to just, like, have it. Like, yeah. if, if they could make it happen, like... Well, I don't know, like, legally, like, yeah, what I don't they can know. do yeah. if they can shop around because Netflix signed a deal for the first season. And, like, they spent so much money on voice actors, too. Well, and the voice actors were so good. I mean, they're, they're amazing, but that cast is stacked. yeah. Like, it's, like, we're, we're having, like, like background characters voice or, like, characters who have, like, two or three lines in the whole show voiced by, like, big-name actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Madra Farah, like, she isn't even in that many episodes, and she dies, which means, like, she wasn't coming back, and, like, she was Miss Big Bad Cersei Lannister. Like, yeah. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's just, ugh, it's frustrating. But I did kind of want to circle back, like, I feel like we, we've we've really actually kind of covered almost everything, but I did want to talk about um, the Skeksis in the Mystics um, because uh, yes. it, it's it's very Star Wars to me. and yeah. Very Force Bond. Uh, it's very Force Bond. Well, and it's very, like, uh, it reminds me of those lost episodes of Clone Wars with Yoda when he's, like, talking mm-hmm. about the dark and everything. Because we, so we go to the Circle of the Sun and we find a Skeksis, which is, like, weird um and he's called the heretic um and he's there with a mystic and we learn that when the skeksis came and this was in the movie as well when the skeksis came they were one being and because of what they did 
to the crystal because of the corruption that they did to it. Um, it created the darkening, the crystal cracked, and it split the beings in two. So we got the Skeksis and we got the Mystics. It's hinted at a lot, you know, like that the Archer Mystic and the Hunter Skeksi are connected. And when the Archer is sent to go and kill the Hunter, he's like, I, d- I can't kill my dark self. I cannot kill my dark self. And mm-hmm. that to me is like, it's so Star Wars, like it's so force yeah. connection y. And like the way he kills the Hunter is actually to like kill himself. Because he tries yeah. to kill the hunter and it doesn't work and they bring him back and all this and he finally yeah, just, like, know, embraces like, it. Yeah, zombie hunter. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, he finally just, like, embraces it and he's like, you know, I can't, you can't kill one without the other. And so he sacrifices himself to kill the hunter and, like, it's so interesting to me. It's really intense because Rian is about to die. Like, Rian is yeah. about to, like, be crushed. Like, like the hunter is going to crush his skull. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, like, intense. Yeah. Well, and it was very interesting to me that um, the way he disappeared, because it, there's, like, a thing with, like, Mother Agra and, like, all that, but, like, the mystic kind of, like, fades away. Um, yeah. I would say very much, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, becoming one with the Force. Yeah. And then, like, the Skeksis, when they die, like, turn into stone and then just, like, become dust. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's so interesting. And, like, the whole thing with, like you know, bringing things back into harmony, bringing things back into balance, is to restore the balance between the Mystics and the Skeksis by bringing them back together. Like, that's the whole point of the Dark Crystal movie. And to me, and, like, again, I'm going to harp on uh, Rise of Skywalker a little bit, it should have been about restoring that balance between the light side and the dark side. And it just wasn't. And like like you said, like you could have gotten that with like Ray, like absorbing some of that dark, or just you know her and Ben being reunited, her acknowledging mm-hmm. that darkness in her, like something like you know they said it in the show, like I cannot defeat my dark self because it's not yeah. about destroying your dark self because you you are the same. Honestly, it would have been so interesting, like with the story that we actually got, like like it or not. Ben, obvious. Ben, when he passes, I like to think that he passes on the light side. Like he is like light sided when he does. So it's like, let's say like that happened, and his darkness sort of was transferred a bit to Ray for her to then go on to that like path, like that Anakin, that Anakin Skywalker path as Rey kind of dark-sided looking for Ben, but she's also looking for that, like, light side within herself because he's kind of absorbed it. And then for them, like, for her to finally find him and then they're able to become both balanced when they find each other again. Oh, see, like, that's, like, I would love that. That's poetic. Like, that is, like, it's so good. Well, because they were really setting up, especially, like, even making them, like, a dyad or whatever, like, they were really setting up for them to be these two halves of a whole. And just like the Skeksis and the Mystics, like, you cannot have one without the other. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like in this scenario, like, Ben Solo is a Skeksy and (laughs) Rey is a Mystic. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot destroy one without the other. Like, I, like, yeah, like, between Rey and Ben, like, they were equal, light, and good, but one of them had more of one than the other. And then, Mm -hmm. like, if we were going to go on from the story we have now, like, it's canon, set in stone, if we were going to get an episode... 10 i would be like you need to alter that balance so now she's dark-sided looking for her light side so that they can both be equal again well yeah well because they exist to me they exist to balance each other out like i i've always loved the headcanon that when like ray was chosen by the force or like became so powerful in the force because ben was getting, like, he became unbalanced, like, because Palpatine was preying on him. So they became, like, one that is two because of that. And to me, that says, like, if he's gone, then now Ray is as Ben would have been 
before Ray. And so she needs that balance again. So I'm going to talk about Lee Bardugo for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry, spoilers for Rule of Wolves, um, if you haven't read that yet. But so in the end, the Darkling, quote unquote, sacrifices himself to save the world. Um, But when he does it, um, Lee Bardugo wants to make sure that you know that he's still not a good guy because he says, I'm not sorry and I don't regret anything and I'm the best and blah, blah, blah. Um, but basically, he sacrifices himself. So he has to have the Thornwood driven into his heart for all eternity. He will never die. He will be in agony for the rest of his life. And the way they set up in the end of the book is like, oh, well, maybe we're going to go and save him just to, like, kill him again and give him another mercy. And I'm like, you're going to kill the Darkling <laughs> three times. Um So part of me does worry that, like, because of how they presented it in The Rise of Skywalker, like, they would try to do something like that with Ben Solo. I don't think so. I mean, it depends who it is. It depends who's making it. Yeah. I, like, I can see how it could go that way, and it all depends on who's making it. Yeah, it really does. Ryan Johnson wouldn't kill him again. No, he would not. Ryan Johnson would restore that balance. Listen, if Ryan Johnson did an episode 10, you know it would be called Quest for Balance or, like, something like that. Like, it it would be all about that. Yeah. And I just, that's what I want. I mean, that's what the Dark Crystal is. It's all about, like, restoring the harmony of Thra. It's about reaching out to, like, anybody can hear Thrawn's song. It can reach out to anybody. And they all came together to try to restore their world. And we know for Age of Resistance, it's not going to go very well. Um, but they do prevail by the time the movie comes around. I think that kind of wraps it up for Dark Crystal. Is there anything else that you want to you wanna mention? If you have still not watched it, but you got spoiled, it's still worth it to watch it. Go watch it. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even spoil, like, everything. There's, like, a ton of stuff mm-hmm. that happens. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's so good. It's just, it's some really, really amazing, amazing storytelling. There, nothing will ever match it. World building is top tier. Like, War of the Rings level world building. So mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And I definitely think I want to try to read the books. I'm kind of sad that they're like low YA, but I'm also like, of no, course they're they good are. though. Like, yeah. like, don't get me wrong. Like, they're really good. Yeah. I, I, like, I definitely want to see if I can find mm-hmm. them. So that does it for all of our Dark Crystal things. Um, we did basically spoil everything for Dark Crystal. Well, not everything. Um, but if you dive into Dark Crystal, we would still love to hear your thoughts about it. Um, Like we said, next time we are going to be revisiting the four Bad Batch episodes that came out last year as part of um, Clone Wars Season 7 to get ready for the Bad Batch coming out. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can find us on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I'm at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.